Good morning, church family. How you guys doing? We're going to worship our Jesus today and rejoice. Let's sing our praises to our God and give credit where credit is due. Lord Jesus, I want to rejoice you. Despite my circumstances, despite human condition, I want to rejoice in you. That you love me and that's enough. May it be enough, Lord, in my heart, even when I feel like it's not enough. Help me understand and help me remind myself that it's enough. There's a reason to rejoice in you. Love you, we praise you. All God's people said, Amen. Wherever you're at in your homes, wherever you're at with your family and loved ones, would you stand as we worship together?
Last week we, we introduced this song. And there's something I found really moving in here. And we had Nick Miller leading worship. I was talking to him before and he, he was saying that, that this song is just such an encouragement to him. And that, that, de that declaration power declaration sometimes that can come from God. That no matter what's going on in the world, no matter what's going on, no matter how defeated I feel, because the God I know and serve, because I choose him, because he chose me, that I am going to see victory. I will never stay defeated. going to see it. Wherever you're at right now, if you need a victory, if you need a win, stand up, lift your hands, and make that your prayer. That I, I'm going to see a victory because the battle belongs to you, God, and you alone. You take everything that this world has it's broken that the enemy crafted and made for evil and you turn it for good and because of that I gotta believe I have to know that I'm gonna see that victory whether in this life or the eternal it's a guarantee Yeah, come on. I know how this story 
turn your face toward us let your favor fall on us mm. may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children
that in you we can see victory that in you you give you keep your promises to a thousand generations because of your great love we are not consumed your mercies are new every morning I'm so thankful for that we're so thankful we can gather and sing we can gather even though we're distant, we're together. Because you promise us that when people are gathered together in your name, that you're going to be there. We are so thankful for that, God. We pray for Pastor Kerry as he comes to bring us um, your message, that you would open our ears and our hearts and our minds so we can learn a little bit more about you today and be a light to our world. We pray all this in your precious, holy name. Amen. Well, good morning, Awakening Church. We are so glad to have you join us this morning. I know it's a little weird being back online with things, but we're just happy to be able to continue to worship together. Some of you guys are meeting in homes right now. Some of you guys are just in your home. But the idea of worship every single week is something that just warms my heart, and I hope it will be something that would continue to warm yours as well. If you're tuning in with us and you're new this week, I also just want to give you a special welcome, and I would also like for you to uh, email us at connect at theawakening.church. If you can just email us here, we'd love to be able to connect with you this week, whether uh, we end up sending out an email to you with our weekly email or get, shoot you a text message, but just give us your information there, um, your name, phone number, email address, so we can get to know you and continue to connect and grow as a community. If you have kids with you today, we also have our Kids Church Online, which is on Facebook and our YouTube. And so you can go on there. Devin and Beth have been doing an amazing job uh, just getting that up there every single week and continuing to let our kids grow as we grow. And so it's a really easy way. Just kind of turn it on your TV, turn it on an iPad for your kid, and just sit there and let them watch it. Or you can sit there with them and continue to interact with them as they learn and grow closer to God. I want to take this time to be able to accept our tithes and offerings. So since we're not meeting in a building, we have a way to be able to do this online. It's super easy. All you need to do is text AWAKENING to 77977. You'll be able to see it right here on the lower part of the screen. And what you'll do is you'll text that and it will send you to a link and it's a super easy and secure way to be able to give and continue to tithe during this time. I also would like to highlight we are needing volunteers for our uh, tech team. And so each week we are live streaming. Right now we have uh, Joey and Jesse um, doing an amazing job of every single week. They are, one of them are here. But we would like to continue to grow this team because as they are doing an amazing job, we don't want to wear them out too much. And so if you have any sort of technical ability or anything like that, just email connect at theawakening.church or continue to reach out to us through the phone or whatever it might be. But that is it for announcements I have for you guys. I would like to invite Pastor Carrie up here as we continue our summer reset series.
Well, good morning, everybody, and it is indeed an opportunity for us to come and dig into God's Word and to come live to you um, through an electronic means. In fact, it was interesting, I just had a um, text message sent to me that there is somebody watching live stream in an airplane right now, and uh, that's pretty cool, all the different type of modern technology that we can do, so <laughs> wherever you're at, whether you're in your home, you're in your bedroom, you're in an airplane, whatever it is, we're going to dig into God's Word, and I just so much appreciate Joe and the worship team bringing to us a heartfelt spirit of worship, because indeed that's what we're needing during uh, these days, is for us to be able to worship Him uh, in spirit and also to worship him in truth. And so with that, I want us to uh, take our word, and we are going to jump into the final week of our series on Summer Reset. Summer Reset. So if you would uh, pause and allow me to pray one more time. I want the Spirit of God to speak to you, not me. And to do that, it requires me attuning my heart to the Spirit, but it requires you, with all the distractions you might have around you right now, to tune your heart to the Spirit. For because it might be pretty cool to have somebody watching live stream from an airplane, you know what's more cool? Is to realize that the God who created the universe can speak to you directly right now where you're at. And I believe as we finish out this Summer Reset series today that we need to hear His voice afresh and anew this Sunday. Lord Jesus, through the means that You've enabled us to have because of Your Word, because of Your ever-present Holy Spirit, we ask that Your Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts today as surely as we have lifted our spirits to You. Lord, we worship you in spirit, but we need to worship you in truth. Lord, especially amidst all the commotion and the activity of our world, the discouragements at hand, the highs and the lows, the ins and the outs, we need your truth for this moment. And so, Lord, I just pray for distractions to be set aside. Lord, for you to be able to speak through me as your grace would abound. And for us, as your listeners, to hear what you'd have for each one of us, where we're at in our week, in our life, in whatever situation we may have, all the activity going on around us, whether in our family, whether in our workplace, whether in our world, Jesus set aside those distractions so that we may hear you. We ask this by simple faith, believing that it's possible based upon your word. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, it was a few weeks ago we started this series, and the series had to do with us sort of resetting things for the summer because we've had to reset everything as we sort of uh, do church in this day and age in 2020. And uh, we went through uh, three particular ways that we need to reset our life in the last few weeks. And those ways are that we need to have a summer reset of our priorities. We need to have a summer reset of our purpose. And last week we looked at we need to have a summer reset according to plans. Because God has his plans is sometimes a lot different than our plans. In fact, uh, somebody once said, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. And uh, I feel that way as a pastor with us as a church going forward. 
And so we're trying to reset according to all three of these, purpose, uh, priorities, purpose, and plans. But there's another P word that I want to finish out with today. And I thought, really, this one, God, is there some other P word that I could finish out with? And this P word, I think, is very critical for us in this day and age with what's going on. And that is we need to have a summer reset related to power. Power. The powers that be are at play big time in our world. And not only are the powers at play big time in our world, they're also at play in our own personal life and what's going on. There was a quote I finished up last week with by Hudson Taylor. Hudson Taylor uh, was a phenomenal missionary in the early 1900s, and uh, he took the gospel into mainland China. We hear a lot about China today, and uh, people come and go in China as leaders, uh, but the word of the gospel of God remains abiding there, especially in a lot of the underground church in China. But in 1900, the Boxer Rebellion rose up, and missionaries were being killed. And Hudson Taylor was immensely discouraged. He was in a lot of agony with what was going on in the world of conflict at that time. And I mentioned to you last week that he was at such a place concerning the plans at hand that he said, I can't read, I can't think, I can't pray, but I can trust. And I trust that's been true of your life this week as we continue to journey on in our day and age and our news. But Hudson Taylor has another quote that I want to bring to you this morning in light of this subject on power. And it's this. He said, many Christians estimate difficulties in the light of their own resources and thus attempt little and often fail in the little they attempt. All God's giants have been weak men and women who did great things for God because, because they reckoned on his power and presence with them. I don't want us to shy away from attempting great things for God in the midst of discouragements that may be at hand. God is on the move, and His power is active in our world. And we should not settle for small or little things because of the difficulties around us. God's giants have always been weak people in and of themselves. And I have felt that weakness, trust me, in my own life this week as a leader. But they did great things for God because they reckoned. And the word reckon means consider what's in your bank account. Maybe you've uh, had the opportunity where you had more in your bank account than you realized or something. The word reckon is an accounting term. Reckon on his power and his presence with you. And we're going to see that those two, power and presence, are tied together. In fact, that's the other P word I thought maybe we would do today in the summer reset, is to reset concerning his presence. But to reset according to his power is to acknowledge and understand his presence and how that presence brings power into the midst of your problems today and the opportunities that you and I have to be able to serve him in an incredible time. We met yesterday as some leaders, uh, the staff, the board, uh, and some small group leaders, and we were discussing some of the ways forward for us as we look at the fall. And uh, God's got some uh, things spinning with us and our ideas because we don't want to rest on our laurels and that kind of thing. But I challenge them at the end that we need to arise to the occasion at hand. 
because the challenges around us should not cause us to step back, to bunker down, but to step forward and reckon with God's power and his presence to do great things for him. And I stated that the Apostle Paul was probably chomping at the bit to be able to say, God, send me back down into 2020, uh, the 2020 world, whether in the Middle East, other places in the world, or in America, Southern California. Send me there in 2020. I want to rise up and reckon with your power and your presence and see you do great things. And so this isn't a cheerleading kind of moment. It is truly a reset moment that we need to think about the opportunity we have in the day and the age to step out and see God's power move in changing people's lives and changing our country, even changing our local community. Are you ready to do that? Are you ready to reckon with all that God has for you? Or have you been sort of in a, a self-pity party or mopadoping around? I can find myself in the, uh, that type of situation. Like, oh, really, again, why can't we have the room full of people? Uh, you know, maybe we should, maybe we shouldn't. All those kinds of debates and discussions, what's going on? I want us to move away from the politics. I want us to move away from even the medical aspects. I want us to look at the spiritual heart of what Jesus is calling us to do as his people. And we need to rise to the occasion. The Apostle Paul, hold off, man, we got it. We're, we're going to be God's apostles, his servants, his disciples in this day and age. But friends, you and I cannot step out from the dark. We can't step out from whatever difficulties we're around and engage what's happening in our world today without the power of God. And I see an awful lot of things going on in our world as it relates to trying to grab power. In fact, in recent years, I've come to realize that power is probably one of the most seductive sins that's out there. And it's not just in the political realm. It's in all kinds of worlds. Even I think it in, in times and there's rightful kind of protest and other things. But people are looming for the ability to uh, and, and, uh, exert power in, in a very narcissistic, sinful, greedy kind of way. And we've seen it throughout history. It's just not now. It's been for a long time. In fact, in the Psalms, the psalmist has this verse. He says, some trust in chariots and some in horses. Now, we don't have chariots and horses today. We have uh, fighter jets and armed tanks and other kinds of drones and some other kind of cool things that, that really can impose force uh, by force uh, one's will upon another country. But in that day and age, it was how many chariots and horses you had. Some trust in horses and some in, uh, in chariots and some in horses. But what do we do? Do we trust in all that kind of might? No, we trust in the name, and I would add, the power of the Lord our God. Summer reset. Can I ask you? What type of power are you leaning into right now? Are you trying to do things of your own strength? of your own power? Are you trying to weld power in some other kinds of manners that uh, maybe they're appropriate in their own uh, place and time if they're done in, the, in light of what God's called us to do? But foremostly, we need the power of God operating in our life through our church, through the body of Christ around the world for us to see what God's will is. You know, there was a survey uh, that was done. I saw this last week. The survey 
uh, was taken by people who believed in God. And 63% of the people who believe in God and have uh, religious affinity, if you will, believe that God is doing something and has allowed the COVID, the other social justice unrest, other things that are coming into place, that God is doing something in our world today. That is just not by chance. Well, I would readily vote for that. God is doing something in our world today. But I think God's doing something every day, no matter what the situation is. He's not on vacation. He's not taking a sabbatical. He's actively working out His will here on earth. And we are to be engaged in that. But the power by which we engage His purposes are not by chariots and horses. It's by trusting in the Lord, His power and His strength. Let me just simply define power for you. Power for me uh, is the ability to, to make things happen. God spoke into existence the world. That's pretty big power, right? But when you uh, sit down when you were a younger person, maybe when you put together uh, a model or you even place together a puzzle, you as a human being were having power to make something happen. When you prepare the meal today, you are taking power to make something happen. You know, uh, our pets are not going to step up and feed us back by providing a meal, are they? We provide them a meal maybe, but they don't provide it to us because they don't have the power to prepare a meal for us. So the power that we're talking about is just simply the ability to make things happen. Now I want to associate another word with that, and this word is often used simultaneously with power, even in Scripture. But they are separate words, and that is the word authority. Authority is the right to make things happen. And this is an important distinction for us as we have a summer reset on power. Because the power we're going to be looking at is the power of God. But the power of God is given to us as believers so that we can operate His power through the authority that He's given to us. A police officer can step into the middle of a four-way interchange and try to stop cars. And most likely they're going to stop once they maybe see his flashing lights, once they see his badge, once he holds out his hand and he says, stop this way, stop that direction, right? Does he have the physical power to stop the cars from running over him? He does not. But what does he have? He has the authority, the right to make things happen. Now what we're seeing in our day and age and some of the whole conflict over uh, uh, police enforcement has to do uh, with this issue of authority in many ways. Because you can have a, a, a gang of rioters raise up and take power to be able to push officers back. But the authority they have is they don't have the right to do that. So in the spiritual realm, you and I need to understand that the power we need to be operating by is God's power, but he has given us the authority if we are a believer, and we need to activate in that authority. And this is why I'm always bothered by wimpy prayers. 
Have you ever been involved in a wimpy prayer before? Somebody that's really discouraged and down, and I understand. That's why uh, Hudson Taylor said, you know, I can't read, I can't think, I can't pray, but I can trust. I understand those deep, difficult times. So I'm not making light of that. But many times, believers don't understand the power that we have that is in Christ, and we don't take that on as authority. So we have wimpy prayers of, I don't know, God, if you could, maybe, I don't know if you're thinking the best, maybe I'd like, you know, no, we need... To be like the police officer who's been entrusted with power from the state to say, stop, you can't do that. And whether it's in the spiritual realm against Satan or even taking the power that we have in Christ, his authority to be able to minister works of kindness and grace and encouragement to those who are downtrodden. We have been given the authority in Christ to operate with the power of God. Now I've mentioned the power of God, so there's really three main types of power in our world. There's God's power that created the universe, that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, that is able to make all things right in the end times, in the new heaven and the new earth. There's human power, like I said, the ability for us to make things happen, to produce a meal or to construct a house, whatever it may be. There is human power. There's, there's human power that manipulates and coerces people too, as well as human power that helps people out. So there's human power in and of itself, though it's derived from God. But then there's also demonic power. That's why I say when we are to take the authority, we need to take the authority in the spiritual realm to understand there are demonic powers at hand that are preying uh, upon people in our world today. How do you watch the news? Well, I'm sitting in my lazy boy chair watching the news, flipping the channels, getting things. No, how do you watch the news? Through what lenses do you see what's happening in our world? Do you see what's happening in our world through spiritual lenses as a conflict of power? God's power is above the line. It's totally separate under the powers that operate in the human dimensions and on the demonic dimensions. But there are kingdoms in conflict, and these kingdoms in conflict are at play every night on our television screens. They're at play every day, even in your work world, maybe in your social arenas. We have conflict that's going on. How are we going to address that conflict in our own human strength, or are we going to see through the lenses, the spiritual lenses, that God is at work, He is at play, He is doing something, and we need to participate with Him and His plans, as we looked at last week, to overcome the powers of the enemy who are crushing and destroying human beings. So, I invite you to have a summer reset. Let's talk about power. Let's talk about uh, the election, every kind of thing you want, want to talk about, but let's not merely look at it in human terms, but let's see it through spiritual dimensions. And especially those of us who are believers and followers in Christ, let's have context, for God is still in control of everything. And his will will be done when all is said and done because he is working his power in our midst. If you are not a follower of Christ this morning, I want to invite you to lean in and think through things in your world with lenses that maybe you don't normally look at. Could it be that there's more happening in your world and our world than meets the eye that you've thought about? 
you've been caught up in debates, or maybe you've been experiencing the cancel culture that shut out some of your comments, do not step back. Cloister yourself away. Live in a myopic world where you're just thinking about yourself. Let's open our eyes to the bigger picture of what's happening in our world and the worldview, the biblical worldview that we need to give heedance to. And so if you're not a follower of Christ this morning, I invite you to check out what God's doing in our world. Because what God's doing in our world is making all things that are wrong right. And his will will prevail when all is said and done. There are a couple places in the scriptures today that I want us to jump to related to just an understanding that the power issues that are at play in our world have been power issues that have been going on in the three dimensions listed forever. And those two places are found in the book of Acts. If you'll take your scriptures and turn with me to Acts 4. In Acts chapter 4, we find uh, the church beginning to explode. Uh, not in a bad way, in a good way. Uh, Jesus Christ has ascended into the heavens and after the resurrections. He sent his Holy Spirit to empower his disciples. And the church is born. And the church is defined as the called out assembly of followers of Christ. And even though it's hard uh, for me to see an assembly today because of the live stream only, I know that the assembly of the awakening church is there because I saw some of you uh, making mentions online and other things, but I know that you're endearing yourself to be the body of Christ. The church was created and formed by Christ through his Holy Spirit in the first part of Acts, and things started happening. But the things that started to happen in the book of Acts were kingdoms in conflict. You see, Satan thought he was on the winning side because he put Jesus Christ, the Son of God, to death. Little did he know he had no rights to Jesus because he was perfect and pure. And Jesus was raised from the dead by the power of God, crushing the power of Satan. For this time and age, until Jesus returns again... His power is still allowed to operate, Satan's is, but it only operates underneath the dimensions of God's power. But the kingdoms in conflict began to really come to focus and to force, a visual force, in the book of Acts. And so what we have in the book of Acts are the disciples stepping out, taking the power of God to see people healed, to see people transformed through a saving relationship in Jesus Christ. And one of the first recorded healings is Peter healing a beggar, a lame beggar. And he did this in chapter 3. But when he did this in chapter 3, people just didn't stand back in great awe. I mean, there were those and there were those who became followers and pretty cool things happening. But the religious elite and some of those who had human power in their community were bothered. And they were really bothered. Who is this guy? Who is this Jesus? And and now look at his disciples. Uh, Look at what they're doing. These are just commoners. These are fishermen. How can they be doing that? And look, the people are starting to follow the Jesus that they're proclaiming. Kingdoms in conflict. Kingdoms in conflict. And we find this in chapter 4. The priest and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. 
they seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. Now that is a cool day to be living, to see God bring all these people to himself through the preaching and the proclamation of Peter and John. All right? But then it says, the next day, the rulers, the elders, and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas the high priest was there, and so was Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others of the high priest's family. And then it says this in verse 7. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Why did they ask that question? From the get-go, people are power-hungry. And people are looking for power. The ability to make things happen, sometimes good, sometimes not so good. Sometimes for the freedom of people, sometimes to manipulate and coerce people. Power is a commodity in our world that is highly sought after. And when you watch the news through your lenses, watch it through the lens of people trying to acquire power. Here the religious people had a meeting. They call in Peter and John. And what was their question? It had to do with power. By what power or what name did you do this? They went on to proclaim truth to that body. They had been in prison. For the night, they were set free. Because the religious elite couldn't deny the lame beggar that had been healed. They couldn't deny some of the other things being preached. And the Acts events continued to roll on. Where there was a world-changing force called the church. Operating with the authority of the God Most High. Following the resurrection of the dead in Jesus Christ. And the church could not be stopped because the power it had was the power that came from Christ. Church, roll on. Now, I want us to not only look at this aspect of the church and our culture today. I want to talk to you about your own personal life. How many of you have had a cell phone? And the cell phones are always... uh, Uh, I don't know if they're designed this way or not, but after a while, uh, a year or so, your cell phone doesn't retain its charge like it used to. In fact, my daughter came to me this last week going, Dad, my phone hardly stays charged at all. Well, you know, Dad's not in a person to to buy a new phone, and she had been using the charger of somebody else, a a portable hand charger, walks around. So she has a long cord plugged into this one and this one, and she's able to get on with her day with her friends and and whatever she does, right, with her phone and uh, all the stuff that she watches on her phone and does on her phone. Well, someone had to take that charger away because it was theirs and the family, and so she was left with a phone that had little power to it, or it had little length of power to it. 
And so I went ahead and I bought her because it was a lot cheaper for me to buy the power charger for her if she didn't mind to go around with a cord connected to it. So she got a new power charger, and it was a pretty sleek-looking thing when it came. And I thought to myself, you know, um, that power that's in the battery power pack, it also has to be charged at times. But we as Christian believers, sometimes I feel that we need to get a battery power pack connected to us. Or we at least, least need to plug in our phone at night. I'm thankful I have an iPhone I can just sort of set on a slab of electronic and it recharges overnight. But all of us are familiar with cell phones losing their charge or something else. But I've been watching as I've been praying and interacting with people such as yourself. And there seems to be a high level of discharge going on because of everything in our world. The discouragements uh, are normal because of normal things in life, but with the ups and downs of the COVID, the uh, openings, the closings, the other things at hand, heading back into school and people in school in line, maybe not in person, what's that going to entail? Uncertainty as to uh, one's own health, and maybe you've had issues of other people's health, other things, whether it's in the political world, the social justice world, it's discouraging. And I've sensed that there's a draining of power in people's lives. The power that you need today is not possible unless you tap into the source of power and you recharge. I want you as an individual to monitor the power engagement in your own life and alter your life today so that you can find that power operating in you. Maybe it would come to a place where somebody walks up to you and says, by what power are you living today, man? You're charged, you're taking on the kingdoms in conflict, you're desiring to do great things for God. What are you plugged into? Maybe you could give a word of testimony as John and Peter did about where their power source came from. Because everybody is looking for power, and sometimes in a wrong kind of way, in a manipulative kind of way, in a sinful way. But all of us need to have energy and drive to live. That's why we go to rest at night. God recharges our bodies, right? I want you to live each day with the power of God. Not only in doing His kingdom's work, but in also thriving in your personal life and with your family. Your children need it. Your extended family needs it. Your boss needs it. Be filled with the power of God. And so we continue on in the Acts world discovering these kingdoms in conflict. Here is one example. Another example is found in uh, chapter 8. In chapter 8 of Acts, there's a big turn that happens. If you read Acts 7, it's Stephen giving his defense of Jesus Christ and all that's happened. They get so indignant with him that they stone him. They kill him. And going from chapter 7 to chapter 8 in Acts is a big turn because this tragic event that happened to Stephen and was happening with the church and persecution actually was used by God in his plans to alter the trajectory of the kingdom of God up until today and until he comes again. What he did was he scattered his people. But in Acts chapter 8, we have the articulation of this great persecution. And it says this then in verse 4. But the believers who were scattered 
preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. They preached the good news. Now, when they preached the good news, um, it says this, wherever they went, when the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said for with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. And then it said, so there was great joy in that city. Friends, when the power of God is operating through the message of God, great things happen. And when great things happen, when God's in control, there is a lot of beauty and joy that happens. I want to take you to a passage in Romans 1.16 real quick. Maybe you've heard it. It's a familiar one. The Apostle Paul says, who had been standing beside Peter when he was stoned to death and approved of what was happening, God changes and transforms him. He writes this letter to the Christians in Rome later on, and he's convinced because he's seen it with his own eye. He's a result of what happened back in that Acts version. For I am not ashamed of the gospel... Because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then for the Gentile. And he goes on to unpack the gospel, which is the good news of what Jesus Christ came. He came, lived a perfect life. He uh, died on a cross for the forgiveness of our sins. He was raised from the grave, breaking the chains of death and overcoming the enemy Satan. And he ascended to the heavens, sent his spirit. He's coming again. The gospel, the whole gospel, is good news. And that's what was happening in Acts 8 when they were scattered. But when they were scattered with this message of the gospel, it was power. Power. The power was in the message of salvation, and it was salvation for everyone. Part of the challenges that we're up against as we interact and we watch what's going on in our world is there's a dividing of people into all kinds of pockets. And it doesn't have anything, I mean, it does have something to do with pigmentation, but it's more than pigmentation. It can be socioeconomic brackets, it can be political brackets. Uh, Satan's power is working to divide people. If you were to walk into the New Testament, the two big divisions weren't white and black. They were Jew and Gentiles. Oh, you're a Jew. Oh, you're a Gentile. Right? And so they were pitted. Prejudice, racism was going on at that time. But the gospel, the power of God came for all people. And so this news, and Paul knew this, he had seen it in the book of Acts, because he is a part of the book of Acts, was changing and transforming people's lives. And you and I need to attend to what's happening through the gospel presentation today if we want to participate in his power. The word power comes from the Greek word dunamis, which we get the English word dynamite. There was no dynamite in Paul's day, the New Testament day, so they didn't have that relationship to it. But I find it interesting that that Greek word is tied with the word power. The power of God, the dynamite of God's power through God's message. That's what the gospel is. And each one of us are challenged to carry that gospel message. And we need to bear that gospel message to everyone around us. Don't get caught up in a lot of political conversation, in my opinion. Get caught up in the presentation of the gospel and the big world picture of what God is doing. In this Acts 8 passage, there was a man named Simon who had been a sorcerer there for many years, amazing the people of Samaria and claiming to be someone great. 
everyone, from the least to the greatest, often spoke of him as the great one, the power of God. Can you picture that political world? Oh, here's Simon. He has power. He has the power of God. He was doing magicry or whatever, but where was the source of his power? Was it God's power? Was it human power? Or was it demonic power? Most likely demonic power with maybe some human power of magic thrown in. He was famous in Samaria. He was known as this person who had power, the power of God. But then what happened with Philip in Samaria, preaching the good news, demons being cast down, people coming to be followers of Jesus Christ, they bring in Peter and John. Peter and John continue to do the same thing. People are taken back. They begin to commit their life to Jesus Christ. Simon the sorcerer, it said, he sees this and he believes and he starts following them. But then Simon notices Peter and John doing something unique. They were laying hands on people and they were being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. This guy who had been doing tricks his whole life steps back and he goes, Wow, that's pretty cool. I want to do that. I want to be able to lay hands on people and see the power of the Holy Spirit come on them. And he comes up and he um, follows through with this. Acts 8, 18. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given when the apostles laid their hands on people, he offered them money to buy this power. The gall of somebody. Can you say, hey, Peter, hey, John, I got a a whole wallet full of money. Can you give me some of that power? Because I want to do what you did. Now, what would you do on the heels of that? Peter was indignant. Peter rebuked him. He called him out and he said, you better go and repent and pray to God that he doesn't deal justly with you. And Simon, he backs away and he says, you pray for me. Simon the sorcerer may well have been a follower of Jesus and what he heard. I don't know if I'll see him someday in heaven or not. The word doesn't really speak clearly after that event that's in Acts 8. But I do know this in my own life today that we as Christians and sometimes get ourselves turned sideways and upside down related to power. And we try to buy power. We try to manipulate power. We try to strum it up within ourselves, human power. Sometimes even without knowing it, we can sell out to demonic power in our world even in our thought process and what goes on. What Simon did is wrong because he saw power as personal gain. If you want the power of God, it's not for your personal gain or for my gain, for our gain as a church. It's for the glory of God. And we need to be very cautious in trying to receive and take on the power of God that we do it justly. But friends, power, the issue of power has been around for a long, long time. And when we have our summer reset of power here in these moments and these days, may we come back to know that what we're up against is not something that's uncommon to mankind. But may we turn ourselves to the divine Holy Spirit's power and may we operate in that strength here today. That's why the Apostle Paul says this in Ephesians. 
He says, I pray. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. That's my prayer. That the eyes of our heart may be enlightened. May we wake up. May we see through the right spiritual lenses to understand what's going on in our world and what's happening in our life and what the need is in our personal life. He says three things that he wanted their hearts to be open to. In order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The hope being the hope of an eternity with Christ. The hope of him living with you. That you have hope even when it seems hopeless around you in this day. He prayed, I prayed, you pray. That you would be enlightened to the hope. That's number one. The second thing was that the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. It's his inheritance. We mentioned that the other day. His holy parent, uh, and it's his inheritance with his people that he's receiving something grave, great and rich in you. But then he says this is the third thing. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know his incomparably great power for us who believe. Paul wants you to be enlightened in your mind that there is power available. And that power is for those who believe here this morning. He says that power is the same as that mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. And he seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. We're not talking about some wishy-washy power, a little bit, you know, sputtering off a double-A battery or charging up your phone for a little bit. This is the power that raised Christ from the dead. He wants you to know that power. He wants me to know that power. The power that's far above all rule and all authority, power and dominion in every name that is invoked, not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. God's power is far greater than any human power that's being exerted today, whether in our country or in China or in some other kind of foreign land. Jesus Christ's power is what he's focused on. And the God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. I want you to notice it's all things this power is, but it's for the church. It's almost that it's, trans, uh, it's a transmissioned to the church, transition to the church. Because Christ lives in us for the church. We've been given this power. Paul says, I want you to be enlightened to it. Don't shriek back. Step forward. Gain the power that's from God, that's been given to all people who are fall, following after him. You and I need to operate in the power of the Spirit. That's exactly what the disciples chose to do. He sent them out. I'm asking you to go out and be sent this week. I want you to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit to care for people, to love on people, to encourage people. You can get into discussion, stay away from bantering and bickering. And allow them to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the power of salvation for all those who believe. Jesus sent his disciples out with his power. Remember Acts 10? He sent 72 out. And they came back, and they were all excited about what God enabled them to do that week. And Jesus said, I've given you authority, the authority to use his power, right? I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions, referring to the demonic world even, and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. 
However, and he pulls them back to be right-sizing. It's not about you, it's about God. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. I want you to go out this week. Call somebody up, text them, interact with them. I don't know, go out. Yes, you can do outside dining these days. Maybe have a meal with them. And bring the power of God into their life because it's been transitioned to you as part of his church. And encourage people. Encourage people this day. But friends, you and I need to understand this. If we are to have access to God's power, that it has to do not just with the power, it has to do with presence. And that's why I want to remind you of this this morning. God does not give us power. He gives us himself. God does not give us power. He gives us himself. And when he gives us himself, guess what? When we receive Christ, the Son of God, the divine power is installed in us. Power for living is found in Jesus you say, carry this message, it's all been nice and fine, I'm ramped up, I need power, I need to plug in my cell phone, battery life or whatever, let's get at it. It's going to have to do with close proximity to Jesus. Not close proximity to some of the things, the, other, the ways the world pulls us, but close proximity to Him because the power that we have is Himself. Will you walk that road as you go out and minister to people this week? And will you minister in His power by being his presence because you've been in his presence that's why if you want to know six simple bullets and there's so many i could have thrown out and we could have spent time on them today i just highlight these for you as we close to have access to god's power number one is you need to be born again you need to be made alive in Christ, as we say here at the Awakening Church. Surrender your life. Turn it over to him. Say, Jesus, come into my life. As surely as those people that were following the disciples in the book of Acts, and thousands came, you need to turn. Be born again. You were born of the flesh in your mother's womb, but you need to be born, regenerated again. And you do that by submitting your life to the Lord, repenting of your sin, turning to him, inviting him to become alive and live within you. Second is you need to be filled with the Spirit. When they laid hands and they were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, there's a lot of discussion and a lot of insight that's gathered into that. But so much of the being filled with the Spirit in your life, the power of God has to do with lordship. Turn over every area of your life. Are there areas that you've pulled back? Return them over to the Lord. Do not, do not, I ask you, I beg you, do not think you can live your Christ life by having one foot in and one foot out. Surrender to the Lordship of Christ and ask Him to fill you with His Spirit because His Spirit is His presence and His presence is His power because we only have power as we have the presence of Jesus. Third, enlighten your mind in God's Word. That's why I wanted to park and spend just a little bit of time on what we discussed today. You want to be found with power. You need to be found in the presence of God and you found in presence of God by spending time in the presence of His Word. Make this a summer reset, even though fall's almost upon us. Turn that direction. Be enlightened in your mind with God's word and his truth. Fourth is pursue God's will with enthusiasm. The reason I encourage you to get out and make a difference in the world is because God's called the church to do that. But you have to be willing to set aside your plans many times and take on God's plans. 
Do you want to fulfill his will? His will is to be his ambassador of the good news of the gospel in message as well as in ministry and deed to one another. Be enthusiastic about that. Recommit yourself to pursue God's will. Fifth is exercise faith in the name of Jesus. As surely as those 72 came back going, man, even the demons submitted to us in your name. It's in the name of Jesus by which you pray over people. Don't have that wimpy prayer. Pray in confidence, not based upon what you did, but what Jesus did at the cross. And when you pray, exercise your faith. It's not how much faith you can muster up. It's the purity of your faith based in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, I ask for this person to become well who has COVID. In the name of Jesus Christ, I take on the authority, the power of God to pray protection over this wayward child that's not following God right now. Whatever it is that you're praying, pray in the authority in the name of Jesus Christ and his faith. And then finally, I just want to simply say this. If we're operating in the power of God in our life, we need to wait on the Lord as you and I yield to Him. This has been for me this week. I wanted to get ahead of the Lord. I wanted to do some other things, but I said, Lord, I need to operate in your power. I need to wait on you, but as I wait on you, I'm going to yield to you. Have you ever had a conversation that went the wrong direction and you knew you messed it up or you were messing it up? In those moments, wait on the Lord, yield to his power, and say, Jesus, you live within me. I need your power to speak through me the right words now. Maybe you're indifferent as to what actions you need to be doing or not doing. Wait upon the Lord. Yield, lean into him. His power dwells within you. His fullness is there. Yield to him in all that you do and say. The access to God's power is critical for us. And we need to be people of God this summer, heading into the fall, who are not operating in our own strength, but we are operating in the power and the strength of the Lord. And so, as I close to pray, I want to ask you this. If you are in need of prayer because of a need in your life or a need to find a fresh and new God's power, I want you just simply to contact me by emailing pray at theawakening.church. I'll be glad to interact with you pray with you. If you want to follow in obedient steps to knowing Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, if you want to know and discern God's will, I want to invite you and I and others would love to come around you. We may be socially distanced from one house to another or through an airplane to the ground, but I don't want to be distanced from what God's doing in your life. There is a need for us to be coming together as a body of people. We looked at it. We're looking at some opportunity here in mid-August for us to have some midweek uh, sort of outlaw, uh, back lot, outdoor kind of gathering, inside kind of uh, interaction maybe. I don't know. But we're discerning God's will because we need to be together as a people. But until those decisions are made or till the green light's really given to us by God himself, I want us to make sure that we're staying connected. If you have a need this morning, Will you let me know that need? And we as a church want to be there for you and be connected. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, in your name, may your power go forth to bring healing touches to people today. Jesus, may you enlighten us to that incredible power that's been given to us. And may we take on your authority and march out this week to minister your grace 
your peace, your encouragement, your transformation to others. And for us as a church, in these weeks ahead as we look to the fall, may we find ourselves operating not in our own strength or battling the the dark kingdom in our own power, but Lord, may we take upon your power and be united as a body, and may we see your will be done. For Lord, we do know that you are active, you are making your will come about through all the brokenness in our day and age. To you be the glory. Amen and amen. Thanks for joining us today. Look forward to seeing you next week.